Hello, everyone. My name is Rowan Spear, and right now I'm going to share with you Matthew 7, 13 through 14. In these two verses, Jesus says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Great job, bud. Well, hello. Happy New Year. Uh, my name's Steve. If we haven't met after service, I'd love to meet you. I'm going to try and not cling to this and move around a little bit. I think that's why they stuck me in the middle here. Um, Rowan is two of five for me. Caden is one of five. And now you guys get to listen to me. So I guess GMC had like a spear quota. They were trying to hit by like the end of the year. They just wanted to cram us all in at the end. You guys ever do that? You ever set like a goal for the year and then December comes around and you're like, man, if I just run 55 miles a day <laughs> for the rest of the year, I can still, I can still make it, Yeah. So funny story about that. Uh, a few years ago when Kayla and I were still living in Florida, um, it was New Year's Eve and we decided that we wanted to go for a long hike. Her parents were staying with us at the time and they said that they would watch the kids. So we were like, you know, we'll pack like a picnic and we'll go for a nice long day hike, be a date be a good time. And in South Florida, there's a trail called the Ocean to Lake Trail. It goes from Lake Okeechobee all the way out to the ocean. And we just happened to live on the last leg of it. And we lived on like a river and on the other side, there was a state park and the, the trail went right through it. So I was like, what we should do is we should just hop on this trail and walk out to the ocean. So I kind of got on Google Maps and haphazardly calculated how far it would be. And it was going to be like 14 miles. And she committed. So we got up, sunrise, started walking, and I figured we'd be done by like two or three. I had some checkpoints set up along the way. And very quickly, I realized that I had calculated much less than it was going to be. In the end, we got to the ocean at about 5 p.m., and it was 19 and a half miles. That is the proper amount of groan that I was expecting right there. But that's not the funny part. The funny part is, uh, so we get there, we take a few pictures. Her dad was waiting for us in the parking lot. He'd been there like half an hour. It was hard to let him know how much longer it was gonna be. And we're walking back to the car and we were wearing these Garmin watches and you know tracking all our steps and stuff like that. And throughout the entire day, we were getting these notifications like, you have reached 10,000 steps. Congratulations, you have reached 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. And we're walking to the car and we are like looking at our phones and stuff like that. And there's only one left, 50,000 steps. And we were at 49,700 something. So we made them wait in the parking lot while we did laps around the parking lot <laughs> to hit 50K. Because we knew there's no way we're ever going to get that close again, right? We've we got to get those steps in. Uh, but since this is the time of year where people are making resolutions and goals for the next year, I thought we should talk about making sure that we have one goal at the top of our list, the only goal that really matters, and that is whether next year, five years from now, 10 years from now, or 50 years from now, when our time on this earth is over, will we be standing in the presence of the Lord forever or not? And I think we need to make that a goal every single year. Um, 
Some of you might know this. If you don't, you will in one second. Um, I was in the Army for about eight and a half years. I had a couple different jobs in the Army. All of them were very land-nav-centric. I did a lot of land-nav while I was in the military, and I thought it would be fun, like a fun challenge, to see if I can use land-nav analogies to, to uh, try and get this across. So even if it's terrible, maybe you'll learn how to use a compass or something. <laughs> All right. So we're going to need four things. Our destination, presence of the Lord forever, right? We're going to need four things to hit that destination, to navigate there. The first thing we need is a starting point. It's really hard to get anywhere if you don't know where you're starting from. You got to know where you're starting from, all right? This is so important that in the second half of my career, I was a special forces operator, and while I was going through the qualification course, they would drill down on us the three rules of special forces. This is true. You can look this up, all right? Rule number one, always look cool. That's rule number one. Rule number two, always know where you are. And of course, rule number three is if you don't know where you are, at least look cool. That is on posters in every team room, I promise you. But it does, the cool thing aside, it does show how critically important it is that you know where you are. You can't complete any mission if you don't know where you are. Where's the objective? Where's the exfil? Where's the medevac? You can't figure out any of that if you don't know where you are. And the Bible tells us where we are, where we all are, where we start. In Romans chapter 3, uh, verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Same chapter, verse 12, all have turned away and have become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Not even one, Paul? Not even one. Some people have a hard time accepting this. But if every one of us were to look inside of us now, we know that all of us have lied, cheated, stolen, we're selfish when we should have been selfless, hated when we should have loved. We have all fallen short. Our starting point is we are sinners. The next thing we're going to need is a destination. We've already talked about the destination. It's the presence of the Lord, right? The Bible has a lot of examples, visuals of what this looks like. The one that we're going to focus on today is the narrow gate. Rowan read it for us earlier. I'm going to read it again. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So off in the distance... There is a narrow gate. On the other side of that gate, there is the presence of the Lord. That is our destination. The next thing we're going to need to navigate to that place is a map. A map is what we use to find the direction that we have to go, to find the route, to find the path. It tells us where there are obstacles. It tells us the direction. And Thomas knew that he needed a map in John chapter 14, when he said, Lord, we do not where you, know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is our map. God came, clothed himself in human form, and walked the path for us to show us the way back to him. 
He is our map. The fourth thing we're going to need is a compass. A compass tells you when you're walking the path, if you start to veer to the left or to the right, the needle on the compass will point you back to where you're supposed to go. It is your guide. It keeps you from falling too far off of your route. It points us back in the right direction. John 16, 13, Jesus says, however, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is our compass. Now, I think it's worth noting that like in so many other problems and situations that God not only provides us a solution, but he is the solution. He is the destination, he is the map, and he is our compass. If we can just humble ourselves to admit our starting point, he has given us everything we need to find our way back to him. All right, so what does this look like in real life? I know a lot of you haven't done land nav. I'm gonna try not to use too much jargon or talk too fast, but I want you guys to have a visual uh, indicator of what this looks like. So in real life, what you would do is you would get your map, you would plot your starting point, you would plot your destination, you would draw a line between them, and then we'd have to find out how far it is and which direction we need to go. Now when you're first starting out in land navigation, you might use a tool called a protractor to find that stuff out. We're not gonna talk about that today because when you get really good at it, you can get away with just using your compass and that's gonna be our goal. We'll talk about that later. Once you have your distance and direction, in your compass, you will follow the compass and count your steps. And when you finish counting the number of steps required to go the distance, you should be standing directly in front of your destination. It's usually like a post in the ground with a number on it. How many times do you think it actually works out that way? Basically never. Because there's a lot of things that can push and pull you off of your route. And those are the things I want to talk about today. Because a very small thing can make a very big difference over a long period of time. I'll give you an example. Let's say I had to walk 100 meters and I was off by a degree. Well, when I finish counting it out, maybe I miss my destination by 10 feet. Even in the dark, you can find a post in the ground if it's within 10 feet. But if I had to walk 1,000 meters, now I've missed by 100 feet. And 100 feet in the dark can be pretty significant. So what we would do in that situation is we would take off our rucksack, pop a chem light so that we can keep track of our gear, and we would start to walk circles, getting larger and larger around our rucksack until you find the thing that you were looking for. And hopefully if you are keeping track of your gear, you can go back and grab it and come back to the point. But what if I was walking 10,000 meters now I've missed by a thousand feet. That's more than three football fields. Those circles are getting pretty big now. And you can find yourself getting lost and walking around in the circles, losing track of your gear. You haven't found your destination. Now you don't have the stuff that you started with. You have no idea where you are. It's dark. You don't know where you're going. Ironically, you know what the solution to this problem is? Wait for the light but that's a message for a different day. <laughs> but a little bit 
of variation can have a large effect depending on how far you have to go. One of the biggest things that can run into us is slope in the terrain, right? If you're not working, walking on perfectly flat ground, even if you are trying to follow your compass, humans have a natural tendency to drift downhill. We have an inclination to take the path of least resistance. And the enemy knows this. I think we make a really big mistake when we think that what the enemy really wants for us to do is to make a 180 degree turn, walk right back into his camp, start worshiping him, human sacrifice, witchcraft, whatever craziness goes on over there. I mean, I'm sure he would love that, but that's not what he needs. He only needs us to miss the gate by a little. It doesn't matter if it's a foot or a mile. And I think C.S. Lewis captures this both beautifully and hauntingly in the screw tape letters. Uh, if you don't know anything about the screw tape letters, I don't want you to be lost on this, but it's a fictional set of letters between a demon named Screwtape and his nephew, Wormwood. And Wormwood has a patient, that's what they call the humans that they're tasked to torment, who has uh, recently converted to Christianity. And Screwtape is giving him advice on how to handle this situation. And he closes one of his letters with this. It does not matter how small the sins are, provided that their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into nothing. Murder is no better than cards if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without any sudden turnings, without any milestones, without any signposts. And the letter ends, dot, 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 guiding the reader into nothing. The enemy knows that a little bit of slope, just a little bit, over a long enough period of time can make us miss. So what do we do about it? In this situation, we need to know our map. That is the solution. If you know your map, then you know when you're walking on terrain that has slope to it. You know when a creek is coming, when there's a fork in the road, when there's something you have to navigate. Do you remember, I'm probably dating myself, in like the 90s, um, was it the 90s? Every, everybody was wearing those WW, WWJD bracelets. That was the 90s, right? Somebody's like, that was 2012. Uh, feels like the 90s. Anyway, um, it, it seemed kind of like corny at the time, and maybe it still seems like it is. But the truth of the matter is, is if you can answer that question, then you know your map. Right? If you can walk up to a situation and you can say, where would Jesus have gone? What would he have done? Then you know the terrain that you're trying to navigate. That is where we should all try to end up. Now, another thing that can throw us off is how well we use our compass. All right? A compass takes practice. You can't just pick it up and use it. And one of the first things we learn when you're using a compass is that they work on magnetism. And that means that metal can throw them off. So if you're trying to walk with your rifle out in front of you and you hold your compass, that rifle can make the needle off by just a little bit. And over a long period of time, that can make a big difference. 
So the first thing we have to do is we have to sling that to the rear. There's probably like a peacemaker's reference that we can do there, but that's another one for another day. Uh, the other thing is if you're holding your compass too, front, too close to the front of your kit where you keep all your magazines and your bullets and things like that, that can throw your compass off. I personally kept my compass in my pocket, tied off to a belt loop, so that even when I put my gear down, I always had my compass with me. But if I had a lot of metal in my pocket and I was holding it right here, it could throw me off. And that leads me to my second C.S. Lewis quote of the message. I have a C.S. Lewis quote quota that I'm trying to hit, so I'm going to probably squeeze a couple more in. This one's from The Great Divorce, another great book. I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit to fit the message better. But he says, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven with the souvenirs of hell in your pockets. The word being used here, souvenirs, is really important because souvenirs aren't things you accidentally pick up along the way. These aren't You know, the vines that are clinging to your kit, these aren't the mud on your boots, the hitchhikers clinging to your pants, the bumps and bruises and scrapes from walking through bushes and trees. Souvenirs are things that we take on purpose to remember places that we've been. It is our attempt to bring a piece of that place with us where we're going. And souvenirs and slope have one major thing in common. They really boil down to just one thing, compromise. Every time we say, you know, I probably shouldn't listen to this music, but I've listened to this band since I was a kid, or I probably shouldn't read these books, but I've read these books since I was a kid. That's a souvenir you're putting in your pocket. Every time you say, you know, I probably shouldn't be hanging out with this person or living this lifestyle, you're adding just a little bit of slope. And over a long period of time, that can throw us off. Here's what Psalm 119 says about compromise. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. So what do we do about this situation? Well, the first thing we have to do is empty out our pockets. Last C.S. Lewis quote of the message, probably. There are far, far better things ahead than anything we leave behind. He wrote this in a letter to a woman on her deathbed, reminding her that everything she was leaving behind is nothing compared to what she had in front of her. We have to empty out our pockets. The last thing we need to do is we need to practice using our compass. It takes practice. I haven't used a real compass in probably over a year. I think the last time I used a compass, I went on a backpacking trip with my boys for Boy Scouts. If you handed me a map and a compass right now and you said, hey, there's a destination 10,000 meters away, how confident would I be that I could hit it right now? Not very confident. But if I had been using my compass every day, 
if I have been practicing using it, if I've been sitting in the Food City parking lot shooting azimuths to the front door, walking up and down the aisles, it seems crazy, but how comfortable would I be with using my compass? Do you remember when I said earlier that there's a tool called a protractor that you can use? Well, it turns out that once you get really comfortable with using your compass, what you can do is you can take the map, you can actually drop the compass right on the map, line it up with the line, you can orient the map, spin the bezel, and lock in your azimuth without ever actually knowing what the number is. You don't even need to know where you're going. If you have enough trust and faith and confidence in your compass and your map and your ability to know where you're starting from and where you're going to, you don't even need to know where you're going. You can trust your compass and your map. And that is what we need to do. We need to start making him a part of our everyday decisions until it becomes so comfortable that we don't even need to know where we're going. I mean, that should be the goal, right? Isaiah 55 says, as heavens are higher than earth, so are your ways than my ways. So are your thoughts than my thoughts. Why would we not want to use his way and his thoughts? We should become so comfortable with using our compass that we don't even need to ask the questions where we should go. We can just follow. Um, as the, I'm going to do a quick gear shift here as the worship team comes to, I guess, just stand up. Um, I want to talk about one major difference between doing land navigation in the military and the navigation that we're talking about here today. In the military, land navigation is often an individual event, Right? We are being tested to see how well we can navigate from one place to another. We don't all have the same starting point. We're not all going to the same destination. We don't all have the same direction. And depending on how crazy the land nav map is, you might not even have the same map. But here, that is not the case. As Christians, we are here walking this together. We do all have the same starting point. We do all have the same destination. We all have the same map. We all are using the same compass, and we're all going in the same direction. And it is far easier to stay on path in a group with a group of people all using their compass together, all watching out for each other when one starts to drift. So if you don't have that at the church that you're going to, or if you're a visitor here and you don't attend a church right now, Let's make that a goal for this year, too. Find people to walk this path together. I'm going to pray, and we're going to get back into worship. Father, thank you so much for providing us a map and a compass. I pray that you will be with us as we are learning to use our compass and becoming more familiar with our map. Just be with us while we're doing that. During this worship, I pray that if there are any souvenirs in our pockets that are still burning holes, that are throwing our compass off, that you will make them obvious so that we can empty them out. And Lord, I pray that you will continue to help us find fellow travelers on this path. We know that it is the path less traveled, but it is not empty. There are others, and we should be watching out for each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.